patient. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I really so don't know what Christmas is all about. <clears throat> I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. <laughs> right, here we go. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to yet... Well, I should say this is a different version of the Matt Brown Show. This is the Christmas show, which uh, I do every year with these uh, other three clowns, a.k.a. my best friends. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, I know, right? God, we did this last year. It was a debacle, so I thought we'd do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's uh, great to have you all here, guys. Um, so let's do some quick intros uh, for our viewers around the world. Just give us the elevator pitch about you and your businesses and what's up and all that kind of stuff. Let's go, Adrian. You you were late. You were late. <laughs> Waiting for the power to kick back in. <laughs> okay, hi guys. I'm Adrian Gemini, and uh, I'm a wedding and events planner slash uh, DJ. So you know, any events that we are partaking in, I basically help coordinate with the wedding coordinators. Um, the setups and, and breakdowns of like really like sort of boutique high-end weddings. And then obviously I DJ at these events as well. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a story. It's busy. It's crazy. And we're very grateful for how, how, how the year has turned. Uh, but I suppose we'll get into that a bit later. Yes. Brendan, seeing as a, uh, by the way, if you guys are watching the, or catching this on the audio, head on over to YouTube. Can you see what Brendan's wearing? Cause he really did embody the spirit of Christmas today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this is a very professional show. It's a very professional platform. So I think it's only right that I bring the professionalism. I mean, I I'm spend... not here to fuck around. I'm here for serious. This is a serious fucking podcast. Yeah, I mean, I spent you know eight, I mean? eight years building this audience, and then there you go, <laughs> fuck it all up. Exactly. What you've taken eight years to build, I'll get rid of in 30 minutes. Yes, My name exactly. is Brandon. That's my son, Saxon. Um, and I sell booze for a living. So it's the busiest time of year for us, which is fantastic. Matthew's been hounding me. Thank you, my angel. Close the door. Matthew's been hounding us for the last couple of weeks to get on this call. Busiest time of year. But yeah, we're in the booze game. We import um, some spirits, high-end single malts, whiskeys, vodkas, etc. And then we also, for those of you watching, we also produce some of our own uh, uh, local booze. Uh, so that's an example of what we do. So yeah, I've been established now for three, four years or so. It's obviously a little bit tough with COVID. But uh, we're enjoying a bit of a bounce back. It's been a, a tricky start to 2022, but a decent end. So hopefully this is a sign that we're going to have a, a decent 2023. Thumbs yeah, up, everybody. Let's do it. 2023. Jason, quickly, off you go. Uh, yeah, so my name is Jason. I'm Matthew's first best friend. <laughs> I don't know about that anymore. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> what? How's this guy? You just did you like about two weeks ago. You said you're off the list. <laughs> <laughs> Who's off the list? <laughs> and I'm Adrian's number one best friend. So I'm everyone's best friend that nobody visits. You're my or... best friend, Jason. Thanks, friend. <laughs> um, so I have a company called Deepfoot Media. We are a digital marketing agency in Cape Town. So we do all sorts of online marketing from Google Ads, social media marketing, anything you can think of. We, we help uh, new businesses and small businesses grow their business into big businesses. That's pretty much it. Is that your positioning line, Jason? Yeah. Helps that's it. It needs some work. Into... Let me just show everyone your, your website. Digital marketing agency and web designer. And Could you not just drop and web designer? Because it's like if you say digital marketing agency, it sort of implies. So one marketing thing we design. do, we, our, our biggest uh, part of our business is web design and SEO. So 
the reason those words are there is for the SEO. So that gets us to page one of Google. I think you should say people helping people. I think that's honestly <laughs> all you need to say. Our, our, tagline, our tagline is it's our business to grow your business, which is good. Brendan, what's your <laughs> website? What's your website, Brent? Uh, the stillhouse.co.za. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. I was so caught up in the Christmas fervor. But the uh. business is called the stillhouse.co.za. I'm a big fan of your I'm a big fan of your 48 gin. I have a bottle. But you don't drink? I drink. Oh, the bottle. I, I only drink your gin. So when I do drink, it's either exactly. red wine or, or gin. And it, so I put the black bottle. You don't do that one. Oh, that was your no, we do the black one. They all are. Your website, your website registration form, Bren, uh, doesn't work here. Just saying. When you go, when you put in your edge, and Adrian, what's you get, your website? Uh, Jason to help you there. Yeah, yeah. I know a guy. I know a guy. You know what the funny thing is? Well, yeah. Like we literally, like we literally just paid somebody like a month ago. Guys, I'm going to change the game. You know, You're paying yeah. the Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> in this, uh, pay your friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, next dimension dot Sorry, sorry, sorry. Next di- next dimension dot Cape Town. Oh, there we go. So it's probably just not working on his US browser. What are you still on? Uh, yeah. yeah, Explorer there, buddy. Microsoft Explorer. <laughs> Jason, did you do? Yeah, this I was going to say, like, no jokes. Yeah, I we actually just paid somebody. Is yeah, we cool? built agents' websites. Yeah. We built Matt's Matt's website. Yes, it's a cool site, eh? I like Why it. Why is that a Coke light and not a gin and tonic? It's so lame. So, uh, uh, I, don't drink, I don't drink alone. Oh, really? So, I mean, you're not alone. You're well, sitting with three of your mates. Yeah, come on. You, actually, <laughs> but, you, you, guys, you guys should be boozing, here. Eh? I'm serious. You know I don't, but you guys should, especially considering here it's seven in the morning. Cheers, boys. <laughs> cheers, hey, Adrian, cheers. can I cheers, tell you Adrian. something, bro? Can I tell you something? My brother-in-law is here. He, he starts... So he gave me some of these, um, what do you call those? Like jelly babies, gummies? What do you call them? Gummies. Like we yeah, Edibles. Yeah, so I've, I've edibles. Give me a couple. I haven't had the courage yet to have one, and I thought about having one today, and then I was like, nah. No, you should, man. Disaster. No, you should. when I'll have that thing. I'm well, just scared I'll go off the rails. I'm like, I'll take come it. Come to Cape Town. You can do it, yeah, buddy. At like quarter past four on, on Thursday, the 22nd of December. Next thing I know, it's it's New Year's. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm walking out of a far-side party <laughs> in a forest in Cape Town, and I've lost a week <laughs> and a half. I don't have that courage. Yeah, 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 it's not acid. Eh? It's gummies. <laughs> what uh, is it actually? You the like you the aficionado? Because apparently it's got no, it's, THC. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It lasts you a couple of hours, buddy. It's just a nice for a bit of enlightenment. <laughs> so, Adrian, how, did, did, last I was listening to last year's Christmas show in preparation because I wanted to make this year really sing. Um, but uh, you, your Canisio Cafe. Is that still an ongoing concern? Unfortunately, you? yeah. Unfortunately, I've had to take a side uh, step from that because the events industry came, you know, back within full force. You know, it was we were still in lockdown. I think when we had the last chat, and on the 29th of December, the president said, "Okay, cool, we are opening the 
orders <laughs> and we're opening up events and stuff like that. So basically since December to now we've had like an open season. It's the, you know, if you call it in three years, we've, this is our first year open completely. So unfortunately my events business has demanded my complete attention. Um, I haven't quite dropped the cannabis whole thing yet. You know, I'm still very passionate about it and, you know, there will come a time when I can pick it up again, probably around April, May when it quietens down. Um, and then I'll give it back my full focus. You know, it's, it's something I'm very, very passionate about and uh, it deserves a lot more of my time, which I'm not just capable of giving right now. Yeah, so it's interesting. Uh, obviously, you guys, every, well, everyone knows I moved to the States this year. and <clears throat> I'll be in, right back. And in Colorado, they're super progressive over here. So, like, it started it started with um, with TH, decriminalization of, like, THC. Like, they were the first state to do it. Uh, along with like gay rights and all this kind of stuff, and then um, and then uh, what's coming is actually the le- well decriminalization or legalization of psilocybin or mushrooms. So technically, you could go into uh, like a Circle K, uh, fill up your car, and go buy a bag of mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Cool. I had this uh, That's CEO. Cool, right? Yeah, I had this uh, uh, guy on the show um, recently. Um, his name's Chad Harmon. He's the uh, founder and CEO of a of a startup called Psychceutical. Um, and there's a whole bunch of uh, uh, startups and investments and capital going into the development of uh, treatments for various things using psychedelics. So uh, what they've developed is this uh, is this drug delivery mechanism that essentially. Uh, sits on the back of your neck like a patch and they can put different types or different dosages of psilocybin mdma ketamine like whatever it might be yeah and it delivers it through the blood brain barrier without barrier. any Most without any i've seen adrian in this fucking i was just gonna say look how excited he is if you you know if you if you guys understand the full benefits of psilocybin and other medicinal kind of herbs and if you could, could deliver it in that sense where you've got something that carries the the, the active ingredients in those in those natural products plus the blood band barrier you don't have to kind of figure out dosages by taking it uh, no. orally and then you know possibly getting it wrong and extending the time that you need to get your dosage right you know in some certain in some in some circumstances it could be life-saving and life-changing you know so that is extremely uh, interesting technology yeah the he's actually a former vet so a lot of the guys come back from war zones with uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome and okay so he's a veteran and, not a vet <laughs> uh, veteran yeah sorry and then uh well it's yes I thank you thank you for your already. service adrian whatever uh, it's, a, it's the nat brown show fuck it not yours okay <laughs> um but uh but you know a lot of people are suffering dude like mental uh health is a huge 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 huge, worldwide crisis and you know and you know by the way taking like um what's the popular like opioids and shit like it's creating like a whole crisis on its own so you you're solving one problem with another and some you know and it's and and if there is a, a viable alternative uh, nat- natural, quote unquote, way to to help mental health. Like, you know, it should be explored. And you know, like in the 1950s and the 60s, when like the hippie culture, the whole thing, everybody was dropping LSD, and then it was criminalized because people were like, "What the fuck? This is like actually weird, <laughs> and we don't know how to control these people." And it was all like, yeah. you know, uh, stop the Vietnam War, blah 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 blah. There was this movement in culture. 
um, and they banned it because they wanted to control people. And since then, there's been almost zero uh, research into it. Um, so we kind of lost out on 50 years, similar to the space uh, development or the, the space economy, right? Like since we put a man on the moon, there was nothing until SpaceX, really. Um, so um, it's an interesting development, so I'm all for it. Rick, can we talk about Elon Musk, seeing as we've stumbled upon SpaceX? Top five worst Please. 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 I love this guy. Why? I love this guy. He's a champion. Come on. Tell me if you like him or not. No, bro. I can tell you, like the last two, three years, I've been the biggest fucking SpaceX, Elon Musk, fucking Neuralink, all that shit, like the biggest advocate, the biggest mouth, mouth, mouth person, spokesperson. But I, I just feel like of late, and perhaps it's more our fault, because every time I turn on the news, every time I turn on CNN, every time I put on News 24, any time I put on Fox News, Fox News in particular, it's only ever about Elon Musk. It's driving me crazy. He's in the news all the time. So <laughs> this is unfortunate. He needs to be there to a certain extent, Bru, but come on. I mean, there must be a line. What do you expect? I think what I he's think doing the- is good. Yeah, sorry, Brett, Jason, over to you, Bet. Go. I was going to say the media just jump on anything he says. It's just like they blow everything yeah. out of proportion. It can be the smallest thing. So it's not even necessarily him trying to be in the media. It's just the media just want those clicks. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there. I know being an entrepreneur can be a very lonely experience. You sometimes get stuck, don't you? Well, if you're like me, being stuck sucks. But what if you could access the minds of over 850 CEOs who have built companies generating billions of dollars in revenue and access all of that knowledge in a fraction of a second? Well, the good news is you can literally do that today. What my team have built is Matt Brown AI. It is trained on all the interviews, over 850 of them that I've done to date, all my books, all the knowledge capital that has been generated over the last 10 years right here on the Matt Brown Show. And you can get access to all of that right now for free. So how do you get access to this? Well, head on over to mattbrownshow.com and at the top, you'll see community. Hit that link, sign up. It's absolutely free and you'll be given instant access to Matt Brown AI and a community of over 100,000 subscribers. Well, what I see here, just as an observation, is how much the media is controlled by political interests. So the narrative that you find from Fox, Fox is very like right, you know, right wing, uh, versus 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 the New York Times. Fuck, Elizabeth Warren. I don't know if you know her. She's a U.S. senator here. So the New York Times publishes this like hits piece and 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 it's Elizabeth Warren. I mean, like this is just a, and she's like, oh, I've got questions about Tesla. You know, has uh, has he uh, misrepresented the facts? Has he uh, da, 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 da. and it's like a New York Times published piece. You know what I mean? Like that's where it started. Um, and it's like, yo, dude, like take your questions and fuck off. You know what I mean? Like why are you interfering in? you know, like a Tesla share or, or like shareholder conversation. Like what do you actually have to do with it? You know what I mean? Um, I and think so, ultimately. Yeah, go for it, man. I think ultimately right now, Elon Musk is definitely the smartest person on the planet. You know, he's, he's not, he's not picking on small ideas and making them big. He's picking the biggest ideas and making them a bigger success. You know what I mean? And, you know, for his involvement in Twitter and all the, 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 the upheaval that he's causing and people saying he must step down, whatever. Let me just tell you something. He's, he's a righteous person. And, you know, from, from what you, from what we can see already is that 
He's he's creating like the biggest freedom and and true speech we've seen in the last maybe ten years. Where before, I mean, if you see all the shit that's coming about Jack Dorsey and the and the American, um, what do you call them, the Pentagon and all these ways and, and means of how the Pentagon have manipulated Twitter to use it in, the, in their own circumstance to control narratives and stuff like that of what's going on in the world. You know, these aren't like uh, uh, conspiracy theories anymore. It's real facts that are coming out. And, you know, I just think that finally there's someone speaking up for mankind and allowing people to like not just fucking walk over everybody and saying, look, yes, here's the real platform. Here's the truth. This is what's going on behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Have you seen the Twitter files? Have you been following that? <laughs> it's, it's, it's hectic, man. It's, it's, it's really crazy what's happening. Well, but it's, but it's interesting in the sense of there's finally some form of transparency on how you know, government organizations like the FBI, for instance, have been uh, engaging with technology monopolies like Twitter to control the narrative and to control the spread of certain information um during elections do you know what i mean it's like it's a, <laughs> yeah it's like, it's like that shit is that's an important conversation to have you know what i mean it's not just about well it's it's about free speech or isn't it or and then and then another one like like uh, what was happening it's called doxing so basically i don't know if uh, i don't know how much media you guys see because what i see is different to what you see again <laughs> i just the, follow anything that goes against I follow anything that goes against the norm. If someone's got something to say that's against the narrative, then I have a listen. I don't listen to anything that the narrative has to say because they're fucking all liars. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, he bans... That's it, Adrian. Only absorb the news that makes sense to you. Block yeah. out everything else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, um, so then, uh, so doxing is like where you share real-time location information. And there was this um, incident where a stalker or a predator or whatever followed his son in a car and then pulled in front of it like he was going to do something and it was all because the information of his location was being shared on Twitter and then as a consequence um, and it wasn't about whether it was just real time or not it was like a lot of journalists started resharing shit um, and they banned or Twitter suspended temporarily suspended a lot of uh, their accounts and there was this to total uproar you know what I mean it's like ah oh, free you say it's freedom of speech but actually you're just <laughs> preventing speech you know um, so I think it's an ongoing um, conversation that I, I don't think we're going to see the end of it for quite some time no uh, it's it's not worth giving all your energy to you know if you if you have to give your energy to this kind of daily nonsense like uh, Brendan was saying you switch on the news switch on Facebook it's fucking every single article should Elon Musk do this? Should he do this? Shouldn't he have stepped down already? Shouldn't he step up already? Blah, 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 blah. It's just too much, man. And it's really, it's just waste. Your, it actually yeah. wastes your own time and your ability to give what you need in your life to what's going on. You know what I mean? Yes. So what, what's, what's the line, right? Because this is something I've been asking myself a lot lately. I don't want to be a moron. And when someone asks me a question about Elon Musk or whatever else, might be, <laughs> like not have a fucking answer. But at the same time, I don't want to absorb any of the content because, quite frankly, I'm not interested. Like, I really couldn't give a shit about Twitter and Elon Musk. I actually, like, in terms of day-to-day, -day, I don't care. I'm not going to pretend like it's, like, super important and I care about the moral issues. I don't care. I'm not on Twitter. It's not something that's a part of my life. But, like, what's the line, right? Because, like you say, Adrian, it's like, it's like sometimes I feel like there's a hammer and it's just this barrage of information all the time. What do we filter? What don't we filter? 
Because it's hard, right? It's hard to understand what's important. I am on Facebook, man. If you just the same, yeah, completely agree. I think going. I think this information overwhelm is also going back to the mental health issue. Like I also think about that. You know, like what information am I consuming? You know, Um, and how much of it am I consuming? Because I think with with this information deluge, it feels to me like there's more aloneness than there's ever been before. Like we're just alone with our phones. You know, um, and we're addicted to information and technology and screen time. And I see it in my kids and things like this. And I think it's a large reason why mental health is the way that it is. There was this funny, funny thing, which is why I do this Christmas show every year, is, is because we don't actually spend quality time together. Like we've been friends for 25 years uh, plus. And there was this uh, stat uh, that I came across recently where. Most men, like it was like over half of them, it was like 72% or something like that. Most men of our age and most men in general, uh, adult men, feel like they don't have quality relationships with other men. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. and there was this, uh, another video I was watching with Jordan Peterson and he was, you know, he speaks around the world and things like this. And he said, when he looked at his audience, he said most of his audience are men. And you would expect it to be women, or maybe you know, a different, or maybe a mixed demographic. It's like it over-indexes towards men, and why is that? And I was talking to Nina about this the other day, and and the, and the answer is like most men have a lack of meaning and purpose in their lives. It's weird. So we have a lack of friends, you know, a lack of meaning and purpose. We're more alone. There's more mental, uh, uh, you know, health issues than ever before. It's a problem. Yep. Yeah, men. They say men suffer in silence the whole time. You can't talk. They think you can't talk to anybody. Uh, we struggle to make friends. I definitely haven't made any new friends. I have the same friends. Um, now that just talking on the statistics, there was a study that I heard about recently that we all spend so much time on our phones, and uh, we, there's a the study showed that between the hours of eleven at night and four in the morning, uh, your brain when you have uh, let's say a bright light. So if you're on your phone scrolling between eleven and four in the morning. It actually produces chemicals in your body that makes you depressed. So we have all these people that are so depressed and unhappy all the time. And it's just because they keep scrolling. And then as soon as you stop scrolling, like I would, I find myself guilty sometimes of being on my computer on Facebook. And then I'd go off my computer to pick up my phone on Facebook and then realize what I've just done. You just move from one uh, mm. device to another to look at the same thing. <laughs> you know? I only pick up Facebook yes. to look at your profile picture, Jason. <laughs> I'm sure That's I've had the same profile picture? picture for a long time. Yeah, that's why I'm on WhatsApp. So I look at Brendan, Brendan's profile picture. Yeah, Martha, you can't see. I'm just, I'm just looking at a beach. Mine's very deep and meaningful. Very, very deep. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've just told you, deep and meaningful. That's how deep and meaningful it is. Yeah. So, how have you guys found 2022? I mean, wrap up 2022 for your for yourselves personally and or in business. 2022 has been. one of the hardest years we've ever had. That's fact. That's just how it is. I know I said the same thing last year, but it's almost felt a little bit tougher. It's felt a lot tougher. At least last year or the couple of years before, I felt like I could withdraw into a cocoon and like everyone was doing the same thing. So I didn't feel like I was exposed for like, you know, not being at the front of the pack, if that makes any sense. I found this year really, really difficult. Uh, Business-wise, it's been the slog. Uh, the first half of the year was extremely difficult and we haven't recovered. Um, you know, it's the same conversations around, you know, 
adjusted forecasts and fucking and PLs and cash flow analysis and and it's just like there's 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 just never enough, right? There's just never enough. So it's been a grind, is how I'd put it. And I said to Daniela, in fact, we spoke about it earlier on today. We were sitting outside and we had my brother-in-law's here, so they had the kids and they were out the house and we had one of those rare, like, 30 minutes. And I said to her, what I want to do this year is I actually want to, not a resolution for the new year, but I want to break our year down next year into parts and have, like, targets, legitimate goals. Not say we'd like to see X, Y, and Z happen in 2023, but I feel like, I feel like what's happened this last year or this year is, you know, I've had a lot of things that I wanted to accomplish and I was lazy to start. And then when I looked again, it was like halfway through the year and I was like, fuck it, it's halfway through the year. Let's make the changes next year. And I fucking like, I don't hate myself for it. That's a little bit harsh, but I am angry with myself. I'm angry with myself. You know, I realize that we're also getting a little bit older. Like when you, and I'm not saying it's a year wasted, but I feel like it's a year wasted. And when you're in your 20s and 30s, you can afford those years. But when you're, you know, 43, 44, like to waste a year feels like an incredibly long time. And I'm, I'm just, can I, I'm, I'm nervous can I, that I'm going to look back on, on, on this last year and like kind of kick myself and go, you know what, maybe I should have been a little bit more proactive, you know? Can I, can I butt in there quickly? I, th- I think that absolutely this year has been the most challenging year, you know, you, you, you must understand you're in a retail kind of industry where you're doing, where you're doing something like specified as, as alcohol. And it's not just alcohol, you know, you guys are obviously not in the mainstream kind of sector. So coming out of COVID and I can see it in, in, in my industry with the, with the budgets that people have on what they want to spend. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, if you've got, if you've got premium brands that you're selling, it, it, it it's going to take a bit of time to get back, to the levels you might have been pre pre COVID, you know, people are not spending the same amounts of money in every factor of the whole industry across the board. Uh, within, um, you know, buying Christmas presents, everything you can think of. I don't think people are nearly where they were back before COVID. You know, I think I think it broke us down that much that the recovery period is, you know, it could be three to four years. You know what I mean? You don't, we don't know. You know, you've obviously done the math, and you can see you're not happy with where you've been. You know, currently, and, and, and yes, you finished off strong, and I can say the same thing. You know, we it, it took a while to kick in, and you know, we, we had to do, I don't know, out of about ten weddings where the the money was paid previous previous to COVID in two thousand and nineteen, uh, two thousand twenty one, and you're doing weddings where you know where you have to go do work, and you're not getting any money for. It, you know what I mean? So it's, I think you just need to be a little bit more sort of chilled on yourself. You know, I think you. I think you know, if you finish the year strong, you got to keep that. You got to keep that grind and keep that like emotion going, so that you know that the next year you're going to fucking double it up and, and better. So don't be sad on yourself, but it's been a very tough year. I concur. I, yeah, I think one of the things I have learned to develop as a skill is kindness towards myself. Because you all know me well enough, better than anyone, um, and you know I'm all I'm like super achievement driven. So if I don't feel like I'm achieving something, or if something's not working, like I'm my own worst enemy. Um, and I remember when I first uh, like got to the states, we were in this horrible. Well, I was in this fucking horrible place uh, mentally. Speaking of mental health, so I had to, I was winding down uh, the business because it wasn't able to run without me and Nina running it. Um, and then we didn't have a home. We were moving around trying to find where to live. Um, you know, uh, 
it, it was just, a, and then I was trying to start a business also, kids, like it was just so, so, so disruptive. And I remember I was sitting here and my sister flew over from, you all know Fiona as well, so she flew over from, from England and I was sitting here at the desk and I just like, I, I like, I went to this dark, dark place in my head. I was like, fuck, I'm in a bad, bad way. And she and I, like, I know, I know her well enough as well. Obviously, she's being my sister, and she was, she was, she was like, "Fuck, I have never seen Matt like this." Um, and 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 I, because I was pushing, and I was beating myself up about why things the were the way they were. And sometimes, you know, it wouldn't it be great if everything just worked out the way you planned for it, right? Because <laughs> um, then we'd all be rich and famous, and probably depressed and miserable with money. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and, and so, and, and it was summer, it was like super hot, the summers here are amazing. And like now, <laughs> it's very cold. Um, but uh, she said to me, Matt, go go walk or run or go do what you do. So I went for a run up the, up in the backcountry and whatever, just to clear my head. But I learned in that moment to walk away. And it's a hard thing to do because when you're pushing, you're pushing. It's like you're the breadwinner. You've got two kids, your wife. You've got to set your life up. Da, 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 da. It was horrible. Um, and when you put yourself under that amount of pressure, if you don't learn to say, hey, you know what? Like uh, today is enough. It's enough. Um, and I'm going to decide to walk away from it all because it's actually affecting my mental health, you know, and, uh, and she, she, bless her, she was so supportive, she, you know, Fiona, she's a, she's an absolute rock uh, for me, always has been my whole life, um, and, um, and so this, the skill of being kind to yourself and knowing when to walk away and to say, hey, I did my best for today, it was only 70%, but it was enough for today, and I'm okay with it only being 70%, because tomorrow I get to come back and hit it at 110, you know what I mean? Um, so, so yeah, Brent, I agree with Adrian, like I think being kind to it, like it takes 15 years to become an overnight success. You know, if you get your business, <laughs> like if you, if your business is in a hole, it takes a long time to get it out. Like we also got hit with COVID. There's a large reason why we had to, I had to wind it down. Um, you know, it, it, things change. Um, and so it does take time. So you have to be kind to yourself in that context. Uh, you're on mute, mm. Bren. Bren and you're on mute. No? Fast, Jay, my bro. <laughs> Jason, well, there, Jason, why? Gives you a gap. Jason, what are your thoughts? So, firstly, I just want to touch on, uh, so your moving to the USA was like, you know, in my eyes, was quite a serious, brave thing that you did. So, um, you know, we, we all look up to you and what you did because it's a massive thing to pack up, sell everything you have with just suitcases, climb on a plane and fly to another country uh, and just start new. So, I mean, listening to your videos and voice notes and messages that you sent us while you were there in your journey was like, you know, I would take the time to sit and listen and watch the stuff because it was such like we could see that it's really important to you and how important it was even to just send those messages. I think it was like part of your, to keep your mental sanity, to actually just send it to the group and let us respond so that we could kind of like be there with you in, in a way. So um, we're all looking forward to seeing big things from you. You know, it's um, like we really do wish you the best of luck there. Um, and hopefully we'll get to see you again sometime in America when we, when we uh, come over for holiday or maybe make a movie out, I bet, one day as well. It's, it's in the talks for our sort of five to ten year plan, so maybe we'll see you. 
Although all these messages of your minus minus forty degree weather now, now I'm so sure. <laughs> we're going in July, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then um, for Brendan, yeah, it's um, we could see when we when we came up to Plex, we didn't see much of you because uh, you said you had a lot of work to do and things like. I felt like we picked up that there was a lot of pressure on you uh, with your work, and I'm sure you would have spent more time with us if everything was uh, like like going smoothly. So, um, but yeah, it was, it has been a tough year. So I don't want to downplay that. Like we were lucky enough to have a really good year. Um, from January, 2022, we just hit the ground running and we had so much, I wish it's so much business coming, but, but so much more than what we were used to. So this year for us at our business has been a learning curve, how to deal with all the extra clients, how to deal with the extra work. We lost clients because we couldn't have in some departments of our business, we couldn't fulfill properly. So now we know where uh, we shifted more our, what like our pr proposition is to what do we want to focus our business on and what type of clients do we want? So it was kind of a, a shedding of, of businesses. We got to a point where we're like, okay, we don't actually want these clients anymore because they're actually detrimental to our time and our business. So some clients we let go, some clients let us go because uh, when we were going through our teething process, we've got new staff on, uh, business has been really good. So we ended the year on a high note. We actually had our end of year function yesterday and we were saying to all of our team that we were so positive and it made such a, a big impact to our business by just hiring the right people. We got so lucky with, with uh, hiring the right people to do the job. So uh, it's given me more time. My mental health has gotten a little bit better. Uh, there were times in the year where things were, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, we, we spoke about like guys um, not talking about stuff. You know, there were times when I would just kind of feel uh, really like pressurized and a lot of pressure on me to just be the the breadwinner. You've got to be the dad. You've got to be the boss at work. You've got to do stuff for yourself. Um, we had our that fitness challenge that uh, I worked so hard on for like eight weeks. And then we went into winter and, and all the pressure from the work, it's like all that work for nothing. Now, Stood off the wagon again. Chunk. You know? Whatever. That's Whatever chunk, chunk to you. <laughs> <laughs> but not as bad. Are we allowed to show transformation uh, photos here, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't have photos. <laughs> you, look, you, look, uh, you look amazing, buddy. You, I, I can guarantee you look 10 times more amazing than you did in March. <laughs> no, I think it was bad. And you know what that, that's when, so at our last, on our last uh, podcast, we spoke about that we made a promise that we were going to meet up. So we need to talk about that little trip to place. We did. So we met March. up. It was, I think it was like the best holiday I've had, even though it was only five days or four days for me. Like It was incredible. It was, it was so revitalizing for me to have. The first two days were difficult to adapt to. Like You kept thinking you want to check your phone and your laptop. And then by day three, I was just like, well, I'm holiday, full holiday mode. When I got back to Cape Town, <laughs> I felt like a new man. It was so amazing. How many days did you guys come down for? Uh, it, was five. it was 10 days, I, isn't it? I left on the no, Sunday and I was by left. We left on the Sunday. We got this Sunday night and we left on Friday morning back to Cape Town. And the, yeah. that was that was, uh, that was was probably the best holiday thing place. Like, But for everyone around the world, like you haven't, don't know what Plet means. It's Plettenberg Bay. I'm going to bring up some pictures for everyone. But <clears throat> it's, it's it's probably, I would think, I would say after maybe Cape Town or similar to Cape Town, it's, it's probably like one of the best destination spots you can go to. Well, the whole garden route, absolutely, yes. It was beautiful. Uh, I've never been to Plet before. I've never stayed Brendan, there. I drove through. What? Brendan lives there. I grew up in that region, so it's it's definitely close to my heart. But, you know, Brendan living there, he'll understand that it is like 
you know, it is sleep town in <laughs> in the winter months. There's like literally yeah. nothing that goes on. But as soon as the sun comes out, it's like the most vibrant, amazing, incredible little town. It's just like it's got so much to offer. It's like it's like hippieville times like ten. It's amazing. <laughs> You know, it's, um, it's like fucking crisis lockdown mode at the moment. I, I, I leave the house like Dean and them wanted to go up the river today to go jumping off that cliff and stuff, which I think you guys oh, did. Brad. And I couldn't do it. I was too fucking busy with work. So I took them up, dropped them, came back, worked, and then went and got them. <clears throat> but when I went there and went back, I was like, I, I, I got Dean. It took me like half an hour to get there. And we had like, I was fucking, my mind was foggy from some of the crap that I've been dealing with today. <clears throat> and I said, like, I looked at her, picked it up. She was like, I was like, this is why I don't leave the house in December. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, That's crazy. It's like these youngsters, like, walking around, and then you go up to the main road, it's like chaos. So, yeah, you're right. Peak out the road, traffic, yeah. Real. <laughs> they had, um, they had, they had um, what's that thing called? Plate Rage. Oh. Like, I'm sure we did that. So that's no, we used to do it. It was in the cave upstairs there, up at the top, the hotel. Like, so that's a, it's like spring break. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. So I was driving with Dee, and we were like going into town and stuff. There's like all these youngsters. They're all like half naked, and she like caught me like, <laughs> like at the side. She was like, "What now?" And I was like, "Like I didn't know what to say." And I launched it. I was like, "Just the youth of today, no clothes." <laughs> that sounds like a Matt Brown trip. <laughs> I think she bought it. I think she bought it. I was like, why don't, they, why don't these kids leave their fucking clothes? And should they just hey, leave their parents? She's, sta- she's standing behind you. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Brent. <laughs> Hey Brendan, <laughs> I, I could tell you. <laughs> she, there's no chance she bought that, dude. There's none whatsoever. Not coming from you, yeah. <laughs> I think oh she bought God. it. I think she bought it. So, but, um, oh, it's great. It is fantastic, and it's yeah, it's nice. But we needed another one of those. A little bit difficult for Maddie to come out though. Yeah, I'm not. I've mm. got uh, my client said to me the other day. He said, uh, he said to me, "Yeah, we need to get plan next year better." I'm like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Well, you, you know, come December, you should be in Cape Town." <laughs> I'm like, "I've got, and you guys aren't gonna like this, but I have zero interest, none." And and it's uh, aside from seeing That's you, cool, lots, aside from seeing you yeah. and family, I have zero interest in in destination South Africa. I, re- I, re- I think yeah. I could uh, understand you know, that, yeah. I can also understand that you got so much to like go look and explore in America. You know, it's uh, you're in the big wild west there. <laughs> and but you know, the other thing I will say is this: you know, I, I don't think, and I also had this conversation like, a few times with you know when I was doing all these interviews with uh, startup founders here in the U.S. By the way, for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm doing. I should say that for the first time in eight years, I feel like I'm doing the right thing in the right country. I was always. Do you doing- know how to speak American yet? American, yeah, but American, yeah, of course. American, American. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, and and I, I just can't really put into words like what it feels like to be where I where I'm at. You know, and it's not lip service, and it's not it's not because it's necessarily new. It's just because I know what it's like to be an entrepreneur in Africa. 
you know, and you, and you guys, <laughs> Thanks, like, buddy. And, but this is, and I'm saying this because you guys are up against it. You know, I don't think like Brendan talk about your business and recovering from COVID. Uh, Adrian, you're talking about, you know, your business and the events industry and things like this and how people aren't spending as much money as they were before. Um, you know, Jason, you're probably the only one with the, <laughs> with the, with the, the, with the story that's positive, you know, like you're growing and you have growing scaling problems, but like, People don't get it. Like if you're sitting in the US or you're sitting in the UK or any other country outside of Africa and you're complaining about your entrepreneurial journey, shut the fuck up because you actually have <laughs> you actually have zero th- you have nothing to complain about because in some, yeah, in, you have it, all the facilities have, and infrastructure you need, yeah. Oh my god, like yeah, you, have, you have electricity. You have electricity. <laughs> like just Most basic of- <laughs> just put it in perspective. Yeah, like right, right now we're sitting with no electricity. Yeah, the the fact that we're having a podcast together is amazing because you guys don't have power. You know what I mean? Yeah, like no, you have different. Well, we've got, like, well, we got the power. Oh, you just have to provide it yourself. <laughs> Brendan's lights just came on. To put it in perspective, uh, <laughs> well done. Yeah, it's off, off schedule. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, and people don't get it. You're, then, like, you're, you're. Can I just stop you there quickly? Europeans yeah. and Americans look at our, our load shedding schedule, schedule and they think it's a festival. <laughs> 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 what type of the DJs playing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's and you, you really don't get it. So that's why I say like being here, it's escapism. It really is escapism because it's like holy shit, like I can do things now. I'm able to not deal with systemic infrastructure issues like electricity. I mean you know, if I said to any, if you're a startup founder and sitting in the US listening to us right now, and I say to you, okay, so for eight hours a day, you and your entire team don't have electricity. You know, and this is, <laughs> and this is ongoing, ongoing. It still blows my mind, and it's been like a year. And, <laughs> we, and, we, our load shedding started in 2008 in South Africa, and it's been kind yeah. of on and off and on and off since then. But in the last year, and and during I think during COVID was just a quite no it couldn't have been bad because nobody was no, at work. Really. Well, but yeah, in, but year, in the last year the infrastructure and you know during COVID they they had time to fucking fix that shit and they didn't they fucked it up. Yeah. Now we're oh, still in well sabotage and you know if, if you know if we if if for instance the the whole grid goes down it takes three months before the grid can be uh, picked up again three months. That means you're cooking on gas. That means you don't have any telecommunication between anything. Not your internet works because the towers or the battery backups don't have enough battery to last. Even if they put solar power in there, you know, we'll we'll have a three month blackout countrywide. You know, we'll <laughs> deepest darkest Africa. <laughs> it's yeah, and 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 that that's the thing for me. And I think it's you know there was a stat uh, when I had I built this uh, marketplace for small business loans. Um, and uh, long story short, I was doing research into the impact of COVID on small business loans here in the US. So in the US, you have something called SBA lending. I've got this digital or this partner called Grasshopper Bank, which I'm basically going to be doing cool shit with next year. Um, and uh, the stat is <clears throat> this. If you have a business that generates a million dollars in revenue, Okay, a million dollars. That's about eighteen million rand or whatever. I don't, I, I don't even. I don't even know what that is in, in monopoly money. That's too much. <laughs> you monopoly are, money. You, it's you eighteen the, million rand. Is that what it is? 
So yeah, so you, if you have a business like doing a, a million dollars in revenue, you're in the top 10% of all businesses, listed or otherwise. That's all. Fuck. So Brian, your business does a million. Uh, Jason, you can't be far off. Adrian, I'm not sure where you're at, but... Um, oh, about a third of the way there. <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I read that stat and I was like, fuck, we're doing Let's like... say that again. If you have a business that does a million dollars in revenue... You're in, you're a, year. in a, a year annually, you're in, annually, you're annually, in the yeah. top ten percent of all businesses in 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 North America, right? So listed or otherwise. Wow. So it just goes to show how hard it is to actually get something to scale to a million dollars. My business last one was doing like I don't know two point three, and when I read that, I was like, I'm so fucking proud of myself because I did that in COVID with no electricity, with a distributed team, you know. Um, and, and in a market where it's hard to scale anything. You know, there's a reason why the informal trade sector in Africa dwarfs the formal trade, right? Like by billions, like it's, it's astronomical. I interviewed a guy who wrote the book called Casonomic Revolution. Basically, informal trade is basically the transfer of goods and services in the exchange of currency or money or fiat without a bank. So that sector dwarfs that of the formal trade. Like it's crazy, right? Um and but it's be, and that exists because it's Africa, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know, I, and I'm laboring the points a bit, but I, I want people to understand. Like, if you're sitting where I'm sitting, and that's why I'm grateful. Like, I'm thankful for being here. And yes, Jason, you're right. It was a it was a hard thing, but nothing worth doing comes easy. You know this. So tell us a bit about your journey, Matt. Uh, you know, I know you've touched on it now, but uh, tell us, you know, your first business trips, your first official kind of interaction in that u.s market while being there give us some feedback on that i must have, you know that must have been quite enthralling you know you're now in a new country you've done the legwork you've got there you set up and now what's happening so yeah i learned a lot uh, from my last uh, business failure which which we had 55 people you know it was it just couldn't run without my wife and myself in it so we had to make the tough call and, and that, that's really sucked but i learned a lot about what scale means, number one. So I think ambition is a double-edged sword. Um, and I learned the hard way what happens because we were scaling up in COVID app and it was a whole sub story. Um, and so, and also a lot of our revenue in that business was project-based. So coming here, the first 90 days was, was horrible. It was really hard trying to figure out how to position. How long are we in the journey now? Uh, four months, five months, five months. Yeah, Fuck, that's yeah. not bad. So... Um, so now all my, so basically what happened was that I, I so the, <laughs> this podcast, I cannot put into words the ROI on the show. It's so huge for me personally as an, as an entrepreneur. So basically it was the only thing I had. I had no network because when you move countries, you lose it all. And I remember my mentor saying to me once, he's like, yeah, I was telling, asking him whether I should scale my previous company at in America. And he was like, yeah, I know guys with more money than you that are smarter than you with bigger businesses than you. And they can't scale in the US. They all had their asses handed to them. What makes you special? And one of the major things was, um, hi, baby girl, um, was, um, was that was no network. And I had zero, no network, like a handful of people from who had been on my show, but not really like. Hi, Regan. <laughs> Regan. Not vegan. There, baby girl. Oh, there you go. Oh, she's growing up. She's a lot of my life. We miss you. See, they miss you, my girl. Uh, do you remember Plate? Uh, oh, shame, Papa. 
Okay, Daddy's gonna come now. Okay, I'm mm. almost done. I'm almost oh, done. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So um, fuck me not. So what I did was I just I sent a mail. So basically, there's so much data here. So I, I sent a, an email to 1,600 startups who had raised money, like a million dollars. And to put that number in context, in the whole of Africa, there's a hundred startups that raised a million dollars or more in the last 12 months. In the, in the US, there's 12 and a half thousand. Okay, <laughs> just to, so the right place. Um, and so I sent a mail out going, hey, I run the Map Branch, and obviously with all the guests that have been on the show, Jeffrey Moore, New York Times authors, da, 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 like, it's a big deal. And I said, hey, you know, why don't you come on the show and I'll interview you f- to give your startup some free PR exposure. Here's the link to my calendar. Book your shit. Oh, my fuck. Like I woke up the next <laughs> I woke up the next morning and my diary was flooded. It was back to back. Lovely. It was insane. And that's where it started. And then I just started talking to two guys and girls like who are in my space, the space I care about, entrepreneurship, startups, technology, business, changing the world. Um, and that's where it started. And just through conversation, I started to listen to what they were struggling with. Um, and it was really about media. And guess what? I'm in the media business. You guys all know what I've done with media back home. Um, and that's kind of where it all started. And it started with a, as a fractional chief media officer thing. Fractional I'd never heard of before. It was a trend term here. So the idea being as a startup is that you don't, you don't have the money to drop 200 grand a year on a CMO full time, but you want the thinking at a fraction of the cost. So hence fractional chief media officer. So the moments I positioned that and I went through about nine different pivots, positioning, 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 test, 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 horrible, horrible, horrible. But eventually it was like, I got someone to say yes. And then I'm like, shit. So basically what happens is I discount my fee and I put most of my fee against the achievements of a milestone or a KPI, like usually it's revenue. Um, and, and that's kind of where it all started. Um, I got two clients very quickly out in New York. You guys know I flew out there a couple of times to create shows. So, you know, media platforms for these startups. Um, and one of my clients added $72,000 in revenue in the first week. <laughs> so there was, proof. <laughs> so, so there was, there was proof. Um, and then startups here, this is now what 23 is looking like. So, um, I, so here's the thing. I don't want to scale that. I don't want to scale the media side of the, the business. The business is called Showworks Media, uh, showworksmedia.com. But I don't want to scale that because I learned from the previous business what that means. So if, you, if you're scaling a service like your business, Adrian, or your business, Jason, um, it's people and capital intensive. And when that's the case, uh, you wind up, it's difficult to scale this people culture, blah, blah, blah. It's a horrible thing. Um, and I don't want to go there again. So here's what here's what's happening. So most startups are always in a raise, like they need money to to raise capital, um, to 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 buy time or runway to develop product to scale, get more customers, revenues. Different when you say startup, there's different st- you know types of startups um, at different stages with different focuses and things like that. So it's actually quite nuanced and complex. But in many cases, they look to raise money. So. So what's happening is <clears throat> uh, next year I'm, I'm busy studying now to write my Section 82 license, which means that I can actually start to have investment conversations for the selling of equity securities or direct pla- or private placements. So, um, so, and there's so much money in this space, and I believe that you go where the money is. Right. So, <laughs> how, so, so, so how this basically works is. 
I, I have I already have three startups that are paying me a, a small retainer every month and then I'm helping them raise money. So what I'm creating for them are is media. It's an investment show for the startup. So it's like the Road Shield investment show and we're creating content for investors. That's the first step. And then what I do is I facilitate relationships or connections with investors and I take 5% of whatever the, uh, the, the investable capital is. So to put that in perspective, you know, $10 million is $500,000. You know, so you do that every month or whatever the case is, you can start to see how things leverage quite quickly. Yeah, I'm Um, living in the wrong country. (laughs) Can't do that in South Africa, man. The right, the right, doing the right thing in the right country. Um, And so, so that's kind of what it, what's, it's looking like next year. So next year I want to do my own version of the shark tank and literally, because I, the other thing I've learned is that, the investment process sucks. Everyone hates it. It's kind of like you got to do a pitch deck. Then you got to do. Then you got to find investors. Sometimes you have a lead investor from a previous round, and then and then maybe your next round gets easier. But then you know, it, and then it's just it's a ball ache. So on top of building a business, you actually have to deal with raising money. So it's a headache and frustration. So, the, but the process is is dated, antiquated, commoditized in many respects. Everyone's doing the same thing the same way. I just don't believe in that shit. You have to be different. So I want to change all that next year. So I'm creating this investment show, <clears throat> um, kind of like the Shark Tank or Entrepreneur Elevator Pitch. I've got a, I've literally this month got um, a Carafin coming on board they are a network of over 10,000 investors, hedge funds, VCs, angel investors, credit investors, family offices, things like that. So I'm doing a direct private investment show for them. Um, they've done uh, so like, I don't know, it's a hun- uh, like m- hundreds of millions, a shit ton of money that they put into startups just this year. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of where, what my next year look, looks like. So uh, Amazing. Yeah. So, and you know, it was, but it what, but it all started with the podcast. And people seem to think like, ah, oh, it's about downloads and CPMs and generating ad revenue. It's such bullshit. People don't get it, man. They really don't. You also, you, know? you kind of, you also got yourself a network overnight, just yeah. by connecting all of those up shopping. Yeah, but doing the mail to like ten thousand people, great for something yeah. that you're giving them a solution to. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So it is about giving yeah. before receiving, but it all comes. Yeah from a simple thing people love to talk about themselves like they need this exposure um and yeah so i'm very grateful for having the opportunity but i'm also cognizant of what i had to go through to get there of course you know and this is why i say it takes 15 years to become an overnight success because i'm nowhere near where i feel like another five years eh? (laughs) five years five years time boys i'll be flying you over all expenses paid you come because well five years and it will be my 15 years in the industry bro (laughs) you can always make a sex tape agent you can make a sex tape agent and then i just bought a camera and antonio asked me what it's for i said live streaming and sex tapes (laughs) (laughs) so So what you think it'll sell adrian uh, i don't know maybe if it's like like maybe in Canada for like twenty cents a piece. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not asking for that. I'm, look, I'm, look, I'm looking for views, bro. Like you know, I'm looking for views. <laughs> One cent a view. <laughs> Hundred million cents in a view. You know. <laughs> so, um, so what in 2022, guys, was your greatest failure? Would you say, quote unquote? Uh, and what did you learn from it, Jason? Let's start with you. 
my greatest failure um okay, i'm going to give you the two aspects the one i i'm i sort of touched on them both actually earlier the one was um in our business we uh not looking after certain clients correctly because you we we weren't prepared for the influx of new customers so we lost some very valuable clients but we learned from it and we've been moving forward and then the second one was in, in my personal capacity was was my health i really let things uh slide because we let the business slide and the more i let the not the didn't let the business slide but the more we had to we didn't know how to cope with what we got on the more time yeah. i had to spend in business the less time i spent on my my own health uh, and with my family so now you know we even we we keep talking about this even the last part of the balance you know there's no balance you just kind of juggling all Push the time through. yeah yeah so so uh, my my plan for 2023 is to just keep working more at uh working for the business and not in the business so that i have more time to myself delegating more to everybody else assigning you know just having the right people to work for us so that i can spend more time with my family and more time getting new customers for the business and more time on my personal health and because uh, i think that if you if you aren't exercising or eating correctly how do you deal with stress in in a high, in a highly stressful business you just can't do it you're going to be depressed yeah. you're going to hate your job you're going to hate your life you need to go out you need to walk you need to run you need to exercise you need to eat better you've got to do all that stuff otherwise you eat all the cheeseburgers yeah especially when you're in your 40s you have to do it it gets harder and harder and harder you know <laughs> <laughs> brandon so not cheeseburgers at 3 o'clock in the morning anymore you know on the way back oh, well, the yeah, when last I've had a fucking cheeseburger no McDonald's in town no fucking Burger King I mean maybe it's a yes, you're, you're not missing much eh? no, I, I never thought my kids would get excited about that kind of shit but when we have to go through to George they're like oh dad I'll drive with you and then I'm like why and they always say well we want to go to McDonald's so my kids are happy to sit <laughs> in a car for an hour and 20 minutes for MACDs Brent uh, what's uh, your greatest failure been this year bud uh Work-wise, not a hell of a lot. I think we've done the best that we can. Um, I think my biggest failure this year is kind of getting stuck in that cycle of of uh, of being unhappy about shit and instead of fucking doing something about it, moaning about it. That's been my big problem this year, which is my worst character trait. It's something that I've always had, and when shit gets harder, sometimes that tends to be uh, like a bigger and bigger hurdle. So... You know, my, my wife and I have had some pretty pretty hectic chats over the course of the last couple of weeks about what I feel needs to change. I mean, it's a bit of a cop-out to say wait for the new year, but sometimes mentally it just feels like you just want to get to this finish line. And it, yeah, maybe it's a cop-out, but maybe it's also an opportunity just to kind of put a line in the sand and say, right, this is the stuff that we're going to do next year to make some change. So I think the biggest problem for me this year was getting into that cycle, like that self-pity, like, fuck, I'm not getting out of it, shit so hard but maybe not doing to kind of trade our way out of it or work our way out of it or think my way out of it. Um, and we've already taken some quite, you know, quite, quite big steps, you know, things like putting the house on the market, um, like a few other changes that we've made just to kind of take a step backwards before we take a step <clears throat> forward. So I think next year is going to be a really big year for us. I see a lot of uh, change coming in kind of Q1 next year. Um, and that's kind of where my head is at. So just looking back on 2022, I don't want to half on it too, but I think getting stuck in that cycle match is probably the worst thing to me this year. Mm. 
Adrian? Yeah, uh, cycles, hey? They can be horrid. <laughs> I also get into that cycle, and unfortunately, you know, like Jason was saying, when, you, when you're in that space, like, I don't, I, I, I do the same thing. You know, I work so hard. I work unruly hours. You know, you're getting home at, like, 3 o'clock. You've got to be up at 6 o'clock in the morning to do the next gig. You work from that, then you work 24 hours through, then you got like a day off to kind of recover, then you got to be back on your feet and go, go, go. And, you know, you just don't have the time to kind of look after yourself in in, in a better sense of the word, you know, and uh, um, it does let you down. It, it does it does give you – it breaks down your morale, you know. Um, I, 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 I sometimes like now I'm, I'm absolutely finished. You know, it's, it has been a cracker since September we've had – an incredible run, you know. It's been it's been phenomenal. You know, I've managed to buy a new vehicle. It's, so I'm I'm definitely not complaining about the year. I just say we've we've had to adjust to people's uh, uh, their, their spend their spending habits. You know, it's uh, people aren't quoting. They're not doing the same thing. So I'm not quoting as high. You're making a bit less money. It's a lot more work. Um, definitely not complaining about it though. You know, we've had a we've had a we've had a hectic season, and I'm very very grateful. You know, it's. Uh, it comes through hard work and, you know, the hard work's been done before this to ensure that, you know, when you do come back out of a pandemic like we have, or a bullshit pandemic, if you want to call it that, uh, definitely not worth locking the whole earth down. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, we, we're, we're happy and we, we're back on track and, you know, it's going to, I need some time off just to kind of gain my strength again and, and come back with new ideas and, you know, Get back on the marketing marketing ideas and use some of Matt Brown's talents to to push my to push my business forward and you know we'll we'll reconnect in the new year. Um, I'm definitely going to take some time and spend some well earned time with my kids. They you know they need my attention when I do have time for them. And Jackson's always asking, "Oh, Dad, can you come play with me?" I'm like, "Boy, I'm so buggered. I like it's it's an effort for me to just to get off the bed to go eat or to go to the toilet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm that tired." And it's unfair on them, and it, it makes me feel like not a good enough father. And that's, I think, a bit of a, a sore subject for me. At uh, you know, when you are involved in this kind of space, when you have to work this hard, you know, um, it doesn't last forever. I've got, I've, you know, my winter months are very easy, and you know, January, January is a pretty easy month, so I will get my time back with them. But uh, you know, you you can never get that amount of time back with them. So you know, I look forward to my time off. And uh, regathering and just uh, enjoying, enjoying like you know the good things in life for a little bit before we get crazy again. And you know, I just want to wish you guys the best for 2023. Um, you know, we're all very positive guys. I don't think much can stand in our way. You know, if you do get depressed, you know, we yeah, we chat. Don't feel it's a, a, a lust to you know just drop a message and say how's it going. You know, what can we do together to make it better? You know what I mean. We're, we're best friends, and I think, uh, you know, it's obviously evident that we're doing this podcast again and our little holiday in Plek, which was just phenomenal, you know. Like, uh, I've never been away with my best mates ever, <laughs> ever. So it was it was, it was, it was, it was amazing. You know, it actually can bring a tear to my eye because I know it's not going to happen for a very long time. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a bit emotional. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I love you guys. Yeah, we love you too, buddy. Oh, we love you we too. Love you, too. You, know, I, you know what? Do you know what I dream about here uh, is you guys. I dream about you guys here. I don't dream about us together there. I dream about you guys, your family here. Because, you know, and I gen- I wasn't being disingenuous when I said that when it when I'm at a place, at, you know, 
let's just say there were no barriers. I, I would literally fly you motherfuckers and your family over here for a month <laughs> to, to experience this place because it's the kind of thing that gives you perspective. And that's what I, I love about just traveling. You know, it's like, oh shit, I think... <laughs> I think life's about this and then like you, you experience something novel and different and you leave with a new perspective and you go, oh, actually life's not like that. It's actually about this, you know? Um, and so that, that's what I dream about is, is having, you know, you guys here, not like permanently. I don't know. Maybe that's not a reality, um, but, but, you know, but to have us all and the family here, like I think that, that for me is a perfectionist idealist dream that I have you know, or that I've created in the last, like I would say three months or so. We're coming, buddy. We're definitely coming. Just give us a little bit of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so guys, um, what are you grateful for? It is the Christmas show. Uh, so, and then we'll do this one and then we'll wrap up. What are you grateful for and, and or thankful for in your lives right now? Uh, should I start? Friends, family, health, Friends, family, health. It's always the same for me. Maybe it's a good what thing. What is the best one? Friends. 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 Ah. Friends, family, speaking of family. What do you want? See, I love my kids. <laughs> what the fuck do you want? <laughs> but you see, I'm busy. But you see, that's good. Hey, boy. <laughs> hey, sex. Hello. Hello. It's getting big, so eh? Hello. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Hey, Sax. Welcome. It's your first time on the Matt Brown Show. You know, in 20 years' time, you're going to have Reagan, Frank, Saxon, and Sloan, Jackson. <laughs> Summer, the, Summer, Lily, the, Aiden. Lily, Aiden, like all doing their own show. <laughs> Friends, family, health there. Eh? Jason? Uh, yeah, I'm super grateful yes. for, for my family. Enough, and this is like my... The Christmas that we have coming up now is my first Christmas where Lily is old enough to to know like what's happening around her. Like even when you guys saw her in March, she was still a little bit too small. We couldn't she couldn't really speak much and you know, she was only like I don't know, one and a half, I don't know. Yeah. So she's just past two and she's running around, she's saying full sentences, she's like a little crazy thing. She's gonna this is her first Christmas where she's running around. She's every time she sees a tree or a decoration, it's she just shouts up. Christmas, Christmas, and she runs up to the trees and anything she can find. So it's really cool. I'm excited to have a, a Christmas where we have this little family unit and she opens up presents and it's not just, oh, a box. Oh, my gosh, it's amazing. You know what I mean? So mm. she'll open up little gifts and um, it's very exciting for all of us, for me and Aiden and Jamie and Lily to have this like little, you know, we have a little family u- unit going down now. Mm. Um, so, yeah. And uh, obviously I'm I'm grateful for friends, but the problem is we don't, I don't see them, you know. This uh, this is this is the third time in the year that the four of us have been looking at each other's faces at the same time. Mm. So, or second time. Uh, so, so my my dream is, like you say, uh, for all of us to be in the same place. Doesn't actually matter where we are, but I would love it. Like Brendan met, uh, mentioned that he might move to Cape Town, and I was like, yes, really? you know, like and it's just yeah, like you said, it's not you know, it's, that might not happen, but it's not completely off the cards if they sold their house the maybe cards. they would look at yeah maybe they would look at coming to Cape Town. i just thought that would be so amazing what's that you uh, brendan it would be so amazing to have your family in here. 
You know oh, sorry, I mean? man. This is why I face up to people in private because I want. So I don't want Adrian on the bandwagon because then I'm never going to finish it. Every time the fucking sun comes up, he's going to take a picture and say, oh, my fuck, the sun comes up in Cape Town. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, too, but he won't acknowledge that. So thanks. thanks <laughs> yeah. So it would, be, it would be amazing for me if we all lived in the same place, a short drive away from each other. Because yeah. the one thing I miss is that the camaraderie, that just sitting you know, obviously I love having my family around, but it would be amazing to just sit with the three of you and just talk, mm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. No kids Shoot around. The not that I don't want the kids around, but just to just sit around and talk like about whatever we want to talk about yeah. and just do nothing together. Yeah. What are we going to do? So, at uh, Have you guys thought about it? We're going raving. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. When you, we'll see what the weather's like when you get here and then we'll make the plan. Post the there's, a New Year's, there's a New Year's Day party. So if I if I want to, I could work straight through New Year's Eve and then I'll see you guys on New Year's Day and then we go smash it. <laughs> you know what we do? I'm not even a little bit interested in that idea. <laughs> <laughs> How fucking things have changed. You know what I'm doing? On the 31st of December at 7 o'clock, the Stormers are playing against the Lions at Cape Town Stadium. Oh, so wow. I've got tickets for the four of us to go watch the Stormers play the Lions on Christmas. That's pretty cool. On oh, New Year's Eve, sorry. Awesome. Which is pretty cool, something a little bit different. It should be fun. Yeah. It'll be a jaw afterwards if the Stormers win. <laughs> well, From there, I'm going straight to the Raves. <laughs> I'll see you there. <laughs> At four o'clock when I get by the Raves, <laughs> he means is going straight home to bed. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing, Jason, because we're going to come wake you up at four o'clock in the morning and drag you with us. God. Ooh, I know where he lives. It's fine. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll knock on your window with a few snacks. That's uh, <laughs> that's that was probably one of the greatest times there. Eh? I, I miss those times. You know, where Fuck life was you. simple, dude. I think yeah. that's that's how we all became mates, right? Like, uh, the, so for everyone's information, so I'm fast asleep and I hear this like knocking on the window, and I'm like, "What the fuck is it?" So I wake up and it's Brendan and, and Jason. They're like, "Come, come, let's go. We're gonna we're gonna drop pulls." <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you I'm like, like asleep next to Michelle. Or yeah, well, she <laughs> woke. Yeah. She woke up was my girlfriend at the time, and I wasn't there. <laughs> Yeah, those were crazy, reckless, irresponsible times, but they amazing but, times. But they, but they made Fun us times. who we are, and they created this bond that we've had for so long. And you know, I, I, you know, I do think oftentimes, like, it's hard, Jason, to your point, like, to make a friend here for me it would never surpass you guys. You know what I mean? Like, it just wouldn't, because it can't. Like, it's there's too much time. There's too much, too much history. Too much history. Look, I think I think you're right, but I think you know, you know, you'll see when your when your kids start going to the local schools and they become best friends with other kids, and then you become friends with the family. You'll find almost the same thing. It won't be quite because of you know the, the reckless times, as you so stated it. <laughs> you know, it'll be different. Different cool times. Agent, you make friends easily with everyone. You're like you know when you I go see- to the spur with your kids. And the kids just walk up to other kids and start playing. That's Adrian as yeah. an adult. He just walks up to other yeah. adults and starts playing. I don't like, think, I don't like, think you, I don't, you don't even know me. <laughs> Adrian Not anymore, bro. That says, guys, I just made a new best friend. That was yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. No, <laughs> doing it. You know, everybody knows Adrian. 
Everybody knows you, know, you dude. Bro, That's I'm, your... a, I'm a DJ. Like I go there. I, my life is spent alone. You don't understand. Like wherever I go, I'm going alone. And where I might have a good time at the wedding, but it's people that I don't know. Like you don't have a, like hot to hot conversations with people that you don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a it's a very lonely job in that sense. I I, I get much joy out of it. But you spend a lot of your time alone, and it's not, you know, I miss the time with my friends. I I think that's a big thing about being in season is you don't get quality time with your friends and family, um, like you do obviously in winter or whatever, you know. But I do agree, I do agree with uh, Jason. Like I remember when I first moved back to South Africa like fourteen years <laughs> ago, um, and I stayed with. I remember this one time. This is crazy, right? So I'm t- <laughs> I was building another business. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I went to bed, and it was just me. Like I still left Adrian and the the crew <laughs> at this bar in Tableview. And I went to bed, and the house was clean, and no one was there. And I was like, "Cool, I'm gonna get a good night's rest." I woke up. <laughs> I woke up the next morning, and I'm like, I had to double take because I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait, did I?" You're lucky you slept through the night. <laughs> oh my god! Like the the decks were out, there were bags everywhere, empty beer bottles, cigarettes, <laughs> like shit show, absolute debauchery, and I slept through the entire thing. <laughs> You're lucky because when those when those parties would ha- would happen would happen, uh, there there would always be at least two or three of those people that would feel the need to come to my room and wake me up to talk to me because <laughs> they're so smashed. Yeah. And uh, like it can be three in the morning, and when these oaks are knocking on my window or my on my door, because I also stay there. Are you awake? Are you awake? <laughs> yeah, and that's when I come inside, they sit on my bed and they start talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> Brendan's the only one lucky enough not to have lived with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It reminds me of the time, Matt. I don't know what made me think about, but you said you're away and then you came back. And I was living in Pretoria. I just moved from Cape Town to Pretoria before I even moved to Joburg. Do you remember? And yeah. I think you were also traveling and you came back. And you came to Pretoria for whatever reason. Or did I come visit you? I can't. I, no, I think you came to visit me. And I hadn't seen Matt in ages. And we were like, darling, like it started so sensible. We're like, oh, I've got a weaver. Let's go get a nice spatchcock chicken. We'll do a chicken together and have it for both ones. We woke up the next day. The spatchcock chicken was in the plastic on the fire and melt. It was like vomit down to my side of the thing. Then there was, I went to the other side of the car. There was vomit down that side of the car. <laughs> remember that, Matthew? Yeah. yeah. What up? No. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. no do you remember do, waking up? I do remember that. Yeah, it was actually, you came to visit me for a quiet bride because I just moved up to Joburg from Cape Town. And yeah, then, yeah, and it, but it was, yeah, we've had so many. I, to be honest, like, I, I, I don't miss the consequences. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, fuck. Like that's that's a real thing, man. And you know, and I think I I kind of got onto the sobriety train when Frank was born. So he turns eight in January, and it was the best decision like I like I ever made. Like I don't mind the occasional edible or whatever, but like the or like the like the the lifestyle of it. You know, I think mm. you can't. It's not you, appealing at all. It's terrible. It sucks. You can't put you. It's horrible. Like I, I actually don't. And I'm, 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 and I know it's a real source of pride for for my wife. You know, um, like on Christmas Day, we're going to uh, like a family friend and and the husband of the person that we're going to. I haven't met. I've met her. I met the the wife. Haven't met the husband. 
and um, and he's you know also an addictive personality, but struggling with it, you know, um, and. It, uh, you know, I, I, it's, I, and like I would say, like all the real great things in my life, like apart from like with the formative years, has happened as a consequence, you know, of making that decision, um, and using substances of any kind to cope, um, is is not a good idea. Like to Jason's point, like rather choose, you know, hardcore exercise, do things that scare you, like Adrian, dude, like uh, that picture you sent that you on your WhatsApp. <laughs> Like where you hanging off a mountain cliff, bro. Like that, that's <laughs> that's a, my that's my escapism and my joy in my life that I get. That's like my own time when I've got that time alone. It's like the best thing in the world because you're just locked into what you're doing. There's nothing else that matters. Because <laughs> yeah. if anything else mattered while you're on the wall, you'd fall and you'd probably die. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and it's an amazing coping skill, right? It's a skill, yeah. and I think like I don't know how you feel about my next statement, but. My my dad never taught me how to cope with life, and my mom actually. It was it wasn't a I conversation. Think, I don't think they knew. Yeah, it wasn't a conversation we ever had. Matt, hey dude, this is how you manage life, or your emotions, you know, or people, or here's yeah. what matters. I don't remember a single conversation no. that was life orientated <laughs> about that way in my formative years ever. Not one. I don't think any of us have had that conversation. Have you? Have no. You, oh, no. No. No, no. I don't know what the then, fuck you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had a conversation that it looked a little bit like that. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it was a slap. Like my dad was physically, yeah. he was physically abusive to me. I tell him to <laughs> like, like, dude, like you had, you could have, you could have made better life choices. I like, fell I off a jump. I fell off a jungle gym once and died. My mother hit me so hard I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then this is the this is the issue, isn't it? And you know, this is probably a comp- another podcast for another time. But like, we weren't taught how to be dads. Like, how do you be? How do you be? How how do you be? How do you manage being an entrepreneur and being a dad, and be effective? You've got to figure that shit out on your own, I guess. You've got to figure that shit out. It's hard, man. You know, it's but like, but like, if it's a good if, challenge, if Frank or Reagan choose to be business owners one day, which I hope they will do, um then I would hope that, you know, that we would have some kind of blueprint or framework or guidance around that because, For sure. you know, it was something, and it was generational. I believe it was generational because it was the sins of the father, you know, like no apple falls far from the tree. And I do believe like generationally it gets better. Um, so that that certainly is one of my hopes for them, you know, that, you know, I, for me, I can only speak for myself, but like I would be a better father for them than mental father. You know what I mean? Like, and by the way, it's why I do this show also because, you know, if God forbid anything ever happened to me, people die. Like, I've lost quite a few family relatives over the last year. We know Aiden, old friend of ours, we lost this year. Uh, I know that uh, was a big one for, for, for us. Um, but, you know, shit happens. But if something ever happened to me, like this podcast is my legacy. You know, this this conversation, if Frank or Reagan chose to listen to it one day, it would give them like this is who Matt my dad was. You know, this is what For he sure. was about. Um and I think at the times you know, I think about and this is another thing I learned this year. 
was I was in New York with my client and I said to him, you know, I'm 43 and I'm feeling like I'm running out of time. It's like, it's the next 10 years. It's like make it or break it and da, da, da. And he's like, you're like, I'm 53 and I feel like I've got all the time in the world. I'm like, well, but why? And then he said to me, he said, look, you know, he said, when you started working, how old were you? And I was like 16. He said, okay, well, the average person is like 21. How old are you now? I'm like 43. So it's cool. So you've, been, you've only been working your entire life, your whole fucking life, for 22 years. How old are you now? He's like 43. So how long are you going to live for? I'm like, probably another 60 years, say, maybe, if I'm lucky, maybe 30 or 40 or 50. He says, cool. So think about what you could do in that time. So you've actually got more of your life left today, all of us, than we've spent it on all the Absolutely. things we've on all the <clears throat> things we've spent it on. So this this idea of putting pressure, like we're talking about being kind to yourself, it's like we have so much time. And I actually there's another thing: most entrepreneurs only have, have a real success in their fifties, and it's because you're learning, you're figuring shit out as you get there. You know, most of us, um, and so we actually have so much time. And if you think about the idea of what is the leverage of experience, like I talk about, or I read about it in my book, like QBE, like qualified by experience. If you're an entrepreneur, like some shit you just can't learn in a book. You actually have to build it. You have to scale it. You have to fuck up. You have to lose clients. You have to lose a business. You have to lose several businesses. You have to sell a couple. You have to learn all this stuff to become the person, you know, so that you can have a true liquidity event. Um, and it was an interesting perspective that I think about because it's like I'm not in a rush now. You know, 10 years is a long time. And I'm 53, dude. I'm, I work out. I'm healthy, thankfully. You know. How old? Uh, 43, sorry. Uh, but when I, <laughs> but when I, sorry. But when I'm 53, you know, like I'll be as healthy as I am now, hopefully. More time. More time, dude. And yeah. you know what? What can I do in ten years? What could you do in ten years? What can you do in ten? What years? is what achievable can... in ten years? Absolutely. Yeah. Knowing Anything. what you know now, when you knew fuck yeah. all, when you were twenty-one, you didn't yeah. know who what you were about, let alone build a business. You know. So. Yeah. Cool guys. Uh, well, let's wrap up. Um, thanks for being here, man. I really dig doing the show with you guys every year. Appreciate your time. Um, have a, an amazing Christmas with your family and you know and those you love um, and yeah I um, have no doubt 2023 will be a better year for, for all of us mm, I thanks for the show from your lips to God's tears any final words for anyone thank yeah, you CSN <laughs> and um, I'll see Adrian and Brendan again probably um, towards the end of the year or Whatever date was got in a week, eh? a week's time. It's quite soon. Yeah, next next week. Yeah, yeah, oh, and then Matt. Um, yeah, go. Yeah, no, carry on. I, I was going to say Matt. Uh, I was going to say Matt. Just have a, a fantastic Christmas. We miss you guys. I hope you have an amazing time. The the photos that you keep sharing look so cool. It looks like you're living a movie life, man. Everything that we see, there's like outdoor skating rinks, the Christmas tree hunts, all that stuff is so cool. Um. Mm. So we definitely, we'd love to see you again over there. Yeah, I th maybe even over Christmas we'll go skiing or something. I mean, one thing Nina and I were saying, it's like we, we, we've, we've achieved a lot in a very short p space of time. Um, and what we're really grateful for is being able to give the kids a real Christmas. You know, we were worried about that for a while. 
um and yeah. with everything you know moving countries is people don't get it man unless you've done it so yeah, that's um very cool. so they you know father christmas is coming in hot i'll say <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll send you guys a picture but uh i'm grateful for that awesome cool guys thanks everyone for sticking around we'll see you all again <clears throat> soon have a great new Love year you guys. Right, guys yeah rock on cheers eh? i guess i really don't know what christmas is all about Ever wanted to become a best-selling author? Well, I'm in the influence business and I work with business owners and CEOs and business leaders to help them scale their influence. And we do this as a team by helping you to become a best-selling author, sought-after speaker and industry influencer in only 30 days. My team and I have developed a system that delivers a best-selling book and a launch campaign 300% faster and 50% less cost than anyone else in North America. This system is incredibly efficient. One of my clients Clients Haiku went from a 2% share of voice globally to an 11% share of voice globally in only seven days. If you'd like more information, head on over to showworksmedia.com for more. That is showworks with an X.com.